0: Welcome back, everyone, to another episode of Faithfully Engaged. I have an extremely special guest today because this guest happens to be my own mom. So, mom, let me kick it to you for a little bit and have you just introduce yourself.
1: I will. Good morning, son. Thanks for having me. (laughs) I'm happy to be here. Yeah, my name is Deanna Sanders, and I am an author. This is a recent development in my life. I've been a writer for many years. Uh, but I have a book coming out this year that we'll be talking about here just shortly. I have lots to tell you about that.
0: Okay. Uh, and Obviously, thanks for for being on here. So with that being said about the book, just <clears throat> tell us a little bit about this book. What What's this book about?
1: Okay. Well, the title is called Unseen People, and the subtitle is Sharing Light and Life with Your Neighbors and the Nations. And this was a long time coming, the birth of this book. Um, it began as a blog in 2011. And uh, that was the year I started working for a nonprofit, uh, anti trafficking nonprofit, and traveling the world and hearing stories and, and seeing people in situations where that were um, uh, rough, that they needed to get away from abuse and exploitation. Anyway, through the years, I wrote a lot of stories, uh, not just about that, but stories about. Um, uh, people even here close by and the whole, as it de- began to develop and I b- got to thinking these stories can make, um, can be put into a book form. I've seen other books where they cram blogs into a book and it does, there's no thread of anything going through it. But this one, I started to see, uh, the development of just the progress of how God began to show me, um. Uh, through a variety of situations, people who aren't normally seen and uh, there's all kinds uh, in this book from days in my childhood through my youth and then onward to adulthood and different situations. So I wanted to share these um, these stories uh, in a form where people could have them all in one place. I've had them spread out in different uh, blog sites and uh different a variety of ways. And I want to gather them all together so I could share them uh, more efficiently with the world. So that's what this book is about, uh, seeing unseen people. And I want to encourage people to to, to develop that type of vision uh, so they can see through God's eyes, people that need are in desperate need of help. That's what this book is about.
0: Awesome. So uh, tell us, uh, you're not going to be able to uh, tell us every little bit of, of the book, but, um, what were some of those, not so much in the book itself, but your real life experiences, different places you've gone and uh, experiences for those of you that don't, don't know you, um, those that do know, you know, that you've been all over the world, but tell us just some of those real life experiences that somebody might, might end up reading in the book.
1: Okay. Well, um, so I felt a, I'll back up just a bit. I felt a call to missions um, and and writing in high school and then into college early, early formative years. And so I felt those calls coming together. And um, my earliest desire was to go into all the world, wherever God opened doors and write those stories so people could see them. And it took a while to get there, uh, but I eventually did. Um And some of those places where I was I was missions minister at a local church and that began to help me get my travel experience. And so I was able to go uh, places in the States as well as places around the world and um, Mexico, Canada, uh, Italy, South Africa, multiple times to England and uh, Bangladesh. Places that aren't necessarily um, tourist destinations. Some of those are, a few of them are, but mostly not. Now, who would ever want to go into the inner workings of Dhaka, Bangladesh? It's not something that you really want to go get you, run out and get your passport for. Uh, but it was in those places like that. And then 14 trips to Indonesia, which is a big part of my stories. But within those places, you find you find. Uh, Christian people that you bond with for one thing, but you also find people who are riding on a bus and you get to strike up a conversation and they become lifelong friends. And sometimes they are believers and mostly time not, but it's an opportunity to share um, some light and life with those people so that they're able to get a glimpse into who God is. Um, and so i I've, Ah, Gosh, there's lots of stories I could tell, and I want to tell them all right now, but I won't. I'll save them uh, for the for the book. But in the mountains, in the villages of uh, northern Sumatra, Indonesia, down into the villages of the island of Bali, um, all kinds of people who share the commonality of who Christ is and want to get that message out to the world, and you just immediately bond, and you find opportunity. to go into those villages with purpose and see women and girls who are desperate for uh, life and the ability to get away from bad situations. And so you work with people there. One, I'll just tell you one and we'll move on. But the um, uh, one of our partners with uh, the organization, She Is Safe, her name was Wati, her name is Wati. And um, she has a remarkable story all by herself. Uh, And a little Indonesian woman, but mighty and strong in her passion and in her ability uh, to overcome obstacles and help thousands at this point in her life. Thousands of children and women um, and through seminary training, young men uh, equipping them uh, to uh, be God's messengers in a dark place. So she was just one, uh, but very influential one
0: so from from somebody in in your situation you you now live in more a uh, rural setting of of Oklahoma and grew up in all sorts of rural areas in uh, Arkansas and throughout throughout the south why is it important for somebody in those situations to go across the world? Why shouldn't you just stay in the south, stay home, and and just impact the people around you? Why why should you go out?
1: What a good question. So the, the I answer that actually in the introduction uh, to unseen people, because my comfort zone is my home, as well as you would know, and I talk about being an introvert and how much I love being home, um, and that's the way God designed me, and I'm I'm okay with that. But to put an introvert on a airplane that goes 23 hours to a destination with all these people, and then you go into a very populous country, wherever it was I went, people everywhere. And it was like, what in the world? Uh, But the message that God gives is so important that you have to say, yes, I'm willing to go, whether that is staying home or whether that is going around the globe. And both are equally important. They are. But I've had people ask me that question and it's like, aren't there unsafe people here? Aren't there people here that need to be seen? Absolutely. Absolutely. And what I wanted to say is you go do that and I'll go get on the plane because that's the that's the passion that God had given me. And when and without that calling, I wouldn't have done it. I absolutely wouldn't have. Every night before a trip, when I pack my bags, it's like, I think I'll just stay home. This is too much work and too much trouble and exhausting. And it was on many levels. But um, but I think the vision that developed that I began to see through the years is God put open those doors for me to go. But he also opens those doors for me to stay. And um, whenever changes of seasons in life would come and job changes would come, it's like. What, what's what's happening? Why what, why am I not on an airplane anymore? Um, but I'm okay. I'm okay with that. It's important to uh, answer the call wherever God puts you in whatever season of life. Uh, there's going to be people that need to hear you say their name, that need to hear see your encouragement, whether that's in the grocery store line at uh, the checkout at Walmart, or if it is um, in a International plane terminal and somewhere around the world, it, the call is the same. It's just location. Uh,
0: let Let's take that last bit. Go a little bit further in that of somebody saying you saying somebody's name. Um, that uh, on its surface, that doesn't like okay. Somebody called my name, Johnny. Who Who cares? It's just my name. But why is that important? Why is it important that people hear their name and and that you say other people's
1: names? So significant. Um, for one thing, people hardly ever get my name correct, but that's okay. I've, I've, I've gotten over that, as you can tell. But uh, people saying your name, it, it just gives you, I mean, that's your identity. That's who you are. And for people to recognize that by saying your name makes you feel significant, important, because you are. Uh, but for another human being to recognize that, there's just an immediate connection when you say somebody's name. I i I've tried and I'm horrible. I have a horrible memory, as you would know, but I I want to be able to remember people's names. So when I'm going through the checkout line, especially if they have a name tag on, the the checker at Walmart, I want to see that her name is Denise or whatever it is. And before I leave, I will say thank you, and I look at her name, Denise, and immediately that person will just light up because I have said her name, and she's not just a another person on the other side clicking buttons. She's a human being made in the image of God doing what she's supposed to be doing at that moment in time, but there's an immediate connection. So I'll take that name with me. I'll immediately try to write it down or click it on my mm. phone or something. So I'll remember it, but it's especially important for places where you go repeatedly, uh, like maybe to a restaurant where you go and you have the same servers uh, many, many times and they get to know you. And so you're able over time to develop a relationship, but you use their names uh, because that's who they are. And everybody likes to h- hear their name. It's still, Maybe it sounds, you know, like you're trying to be more important than you are, but that's not the point. The point is you're made in God's image. You have a name. He knows your name. There's a lot of scripture to back all that up about when God calls people's names. Which may be the title of another book. We'll see. It's, it's, we'll see about that. we will get to get through this first one first. But when God sees people, He calls them by name, and He has a purpose and a mission for them, and that needs to be our purpose and mission too.
0: Yeah. Well, and like you're saying, there there's a there's a connection there. It's not just a it's not just a number. That's not just somebody we're trying to win their soul and then forget about them. Like no, it's it's a real right. real person. So calling yes, them by name is. that. That makes sense.
1: It is. You know, there's a Psalms that what Psalm 139 to check on that, but it's uh, God sees you where you are, you know, whether you're up in the depths, in the depths of the sea or in the heights of the heavens, God sees you and he knows you and he calls you by name. There's scriptures in Isaiah uh, the same. Um, So I I think it sometimes we overlook that part. And in our society in which we live today, it's easy to be anonymous. It's easy to hide behind a screen or a phone or um, just get in and out as fast as you can from somewhere and you just move on because we live in, the, the, in a society where um, you can stay hidden if you want. Uh, it's hard to see people whenever you mm-hmm. have that mindset. Uh, God knows where we are at all times. Uh, and we need to develop a little bit of that um, God vision to see uh, other people where they are, whether it's in normal everyday life, or if it's in a desperate situation um, and knowing how to help them uh, get out of that. That's, that's our calling, not just mine. That's every Christian's calling is to see people and um, help them know Jesus and bring them to a relationship with him. That's really what I want with this book is that is it's not just to tell my my stories and to tell all about myself it's to bring the the readers uh, to a place where they understand that's their calling to to see people at the point of their need and uh, to bring them to a relationship with Christ that's that's the whole goal uh,
0: let, let's let's kind of even back up away from from your experiences and stories while these have been fantastic and they're, they're certainly written there in the book, but this is kind of the the next basis of, of the question here is it's in a book, not, not every, some people might have similar situations. I know people you've worked with over the years have fabulous stories, but they're not, they're not written down. They're not written in, even in a blog or, or in a book. So kind of take us through just your, your writing journey. Did have you always wanted to be a, a writer did when did you develop this passion just just kind of walk us through the writing portion of your life
1: okay no i wanted to be a veterinarian can you imagine <laughs> <laughs> when i was a a kid that's what i wanted to be because i love love animals and then i understood you got to be good at science and math and that is not my calling um so <laughs> so then i turned to art and i thought maybe i want to be an artist and and the whole creative part of me began to emerge. Um, it was in um, in high school. I thought there's a creative writing class of all places at Watson Chapel High School in Pine Boulevard, Arkansas. <laughs> anyway, I, there's a wonderful teacher. Um, Mrs. Gorman was her name. And she she saw my ability to write. And so at that point, I started writing different types of writing, from poetry to um long stories and short stories and all those things, even a script for a cartoon, <laughs> all different types of writing and uh, began began to see that I that this was a uh, a passion that i, I wanted to see if the words on paper. so I went i I followed that calling um, into college at another long word Wasachita Baptist University in Arkadelphia, Arkansas, and had another professor there, Dr. Downs, who was really good at challenging me and marking up my pages with big red pen and and but but knowing that I had the talent to be able to write once again I learned a, lots of different ways to do it but at that that intersection in my college years I also uh, felt a calling to mission and well I as I said a while ago I thought that maybe my calling would be to write the stories of people around the world and which is what ended up happening but in a, in a roundabout way but anyway the writing process yes since about you know high school years of I've, I've wanted to write and so i've got i don't know where they are now but stacks and stacks of notebooks of, of poems and stories and through the, my teenage years and into the um my college years i, I started gathering all the, those those stories and uh continued on that journey even into uh, uh, My seminary years, where I I got a master's in communications and um, began to keep honing that skill that God has given. But I, but mostly my thoughts came out in journal writing, and that's what I would encourage a lot of people to do. You don't have to publish a book. You don't have to write on the blog, like you said. um, Some of us feel like we have to do that because we want to share it with the world, but you don't have to. You can write your words down in a journal. You can record them on your phone if you want. Um, but just capture what you're thinking. That's all journal writing is, is capturing your thoughts. Um, Sometimes that can turn into a prayer journal. And that's good, too, where you're you're journaling your thoughts to God. Um, so that's I think that's a good practice for anybody in your daily. Um, uh, quiet times is to have your journal, have something nearby and a, and a handy pen, and jot those things down date it, go back where you can look and see what God has done through the years. Um, so that's, that's something I continue to do. It, it's been a, it's a little bit different forms through the years, but I've always done that. So anything you can do to keep your uh, skills sharp is, is good too. It, I mean, if you feel like you're called to write, you can, there's other ways to write there's certainly a lot of ways other than book writing, which I've done as well, which article writing, writing curriculum, uh, writing, um, content for, um, all kinds of, all kind there's all kinds of needs for content anymore, whether it's for the internet or for, uh, like I've done with nonprofits, uh, different newsletters, things like that. There's lots of different ways to use your skill, but you got to do it. It has got to become a habit. Mm -hmm. It's not just something you all of a sudden think, okay, I'm going to write this book. No, you, you can, but you got to have some experience and skill, and always continue to learn. There's so many things these days out there to help you learn to develop your skills for Christian writers, specifically even. You can find all kinds of opportunity um, to learn how to do it, and to do it um, continually, and to do it well. So that's, that's where I find myself today, is continuing to learn. This whole new world of writing a book I mean, I say I've written since I've been what, probably what 17 years old or 60, no, even younger than that. But that's a that was a long time ago. But there's a lot of new ways to learn how to do it and to be a continual learner. Then that's good advice for anybody in whatever your field you're called to is to always be willing to learn and uh, not to be afraid of something new just because it's new. But like podcast. So, but to learn, <laughs> to learn, um, uh, to jump in what God calls you and to do that and continue to, to, to learn and find opportunities to do that.
0: You know, I, I kind of have the, the inside scoop here cause the, this is the, I guess that's, that's my mom. So I see a different, different picture here than I do with most of my guests, but I personally know the journey for this book has been a very long one. Um, and I'm, I'm not talking so much of the writing portion of that, although that's obviously a, a big piece. But tell the audience just a little bit of what the process of being published is like, because that's a different thing than actually writing it out. So kind of tell us that it story. Is.
1: So so I've learned I've, I don't take rejection well. I'm not sure anybody does, <laughs> but I got a lot of rejections along the way with this particular book. Um, so like I say, I've written forever, but this, writing the writing a book and having it published is a whole brand new thing for me. I've, I've learned some things in the past and, and I've actually wrote a, a fiction book many, many years ago unpublished, but I learned some things through that process that it's hard. It, it, it's like, you know, everybody thinks they can be a writer and has a book in them and maybe you can. But to get it to the publishing, to the right publisher at the right time is a whole another thing, and um, so yeah, I, I once I figured out that I wanted to do this with all my blogs and combine them into a book, that's when I started really needing some help, and a lot of times uh, the way to do that is to find an agent uh, that will represent you. And so I, I tried that route of, and I attended some this particular one last year was an online um, writers conference. And so what you learn to do is you you have your your book idea, you have all your ideas kind of on one page. And that's what they call this is a, a one page. You have all your information there and then you pitch it to uh, an agent that you have con- had a, an appointment with. And, um, and then they kind of gives you a thumbs up or a thumbs down. And I got several thumbs down, but it just wasn't the right story for the right publisher at the right time. And to find that fit is quite the journey. And so I re- never really did get an agent, although I still recommend that for people. If you really think you have a publishable idea, um, but I, this one particular agent, he didn't take me on as a client, but he gave me a lot of wisdom about how to organize my book. I had like 60 something chapters and he goes, uh, no, that's not my word." work. <laughs> so he showed me how to combine that into uh, workable units that uh, that are readable without being disjointed. And so he, he gave me the wisdom of how to do that um, and then continued to give me free advice. I'd, I'd shoot him a question and he'd answer back. And, and that was free on his end just because he saw the, uh, he saw something in me. He, he didn't necessarily know if that particular book was right for his agency, but he did think that it had possibilities. And so that, that got my attention that I needed to continue it. Um, so I, I, I pitched it to him and, and I continue to send it out. There's a, Christian Writers Market Guide that comes out every year that has a list of publishers. And so I started working through that to see who might want this book. Um, So whenever a publisher looks at your uh, proposal, which is a longer version of your one sheet, it goes into lots of lots of detail. They look at that and they decide if it's something that they can sell. If it's a traditional publisher, they will decide if it's something they can sell. And if they think so, they will take it and they'll want to see more. They'll request uh, the first three chapters or whatever, and then they'll decide if they want to take it onward from there. I did have a few requests to see those first three chapters and that's, and then it stopped. It's like, ah, didn't find I still hadn't found the right person. Um, so, but I've also learned, and this is kind of something new that's happened within my writing career from all these years, is there's more than one way to publish anymore. It used to just be the traditional publishers, which has kind of narrowed down through the years to five or six main publishing houses: the Zondervan's, the uh, Holman, Broadman, Holm. All of those, all of it, all kinds. But um, but now there's it. It started self-publishing here a few years ago, several years ago now. Uh, which is, you know, you're going to get your book out there because you're self-publishing, but there's a lot to learn about how to do it from cover design to, um, goodness, all the different choices you have to make about uh, presentation of the book, that if you had a traditional publisher, they take care of those things for you. But then there's an in-between, there's a hybrid publisher, where they take the book and decide um, that they want to take it on, and they do the the cover design and they do the editing and they do all those things but you still have a voice in it. You're still able to help along with the journey. Um, so there's there's a lot of different ways. So um, through the, a lot of last year I started uh sending this out to different publishers both uh hybrid and um uh, traditional and I kind of had ruled out self-publishing just because I didn't want to deal with all those details. <laughs> It, it, I admire people who can, but I thought if I can find either traditional or hyper publisher, it, that's, the, that's the way I'm going to go. And so I, I kept getting uh, rejections, closed doors. And then finally, I sent I sent one to a publisher called Ambassador International, and they uh, did, I didn't hear from them. And I thought, huh, after a few months, I thought, I'm going to try again. And this is months down the way. And, and I reached back out and I said, did you have a chance to look at that? I never did hear from you. And it had just gotten lost in the weeds somewhere. And that's that happens. So you got to be persistent if mm. you think this is the right place. And so uh, I'm not a bulldog, but I am persistent on things that I think are worthy. And so he got back right back with me and said, yeah, this may be something we want to look at. And he wanted to look at the whole book and read it and said, yep, we're going with this. So that's how that happened. It just kind of happened all at once. And this was in. um november first of november of this past year and so we're a few months into it and um it's like night and day difference and all of a sudden you're you're trying to get it uh, to the right place at the right time you're trying to find conferences to go to and people to um uh, interact with and build a relationship with and then all of a sudden it just it happens and um you just for a, for a person of faith it's like okay slow down a minute and pray it through and make sure talk through with your family if this is a good fit or not and um but the way God tends to work with me is like I just I know that it's right at the right time and I felt that peace about it and so signed the contracts and off we went so it's still I said that was in November and so here we are in June and it is, it's in the editing phase, and also in, the artist is starting to work on the cover design. So I'm really excited about to get the cover design, and then we can uh, show people what we're, what we're looking at visually, and they'll get a better idea of what's happening. So uh, sometime probably later this summer, into the early fall, all of that will be settled, and then we'll get into the final process of a, a publication hopefully it'll come out by the end of the year but we'll see so they say i'm learning this is a whole new you know here i am <laughs> in my my 60s and i'm learning new stuff about how to how to do these things and but it's exciting i'm enjoying it um and it's a it's a process and it takes patience and, but uh it's if it's if it's worth it then you do all those things so this is probably more information
0: than you want. No, I, I think it's great, and and it really leads into this this next question that I, I kind of like to ask all my guests if I get the chance, and I want to break yours up into two different ones. Uh, the this this podcast is really built on on action. It's built on um, the kind of the genesis. A lot of listeners have heard this already. Is People that are in more of a of a Christian a conservative type of worldview, there's a lot of great content out there, but a lot of it's just about what's going wrong, um, all the bad stuff, which is not inherently bad to have a, a, an understanding of what's going on. But I don't want people to stay there. Uh, I want people to be right. active and, and to be be engaged. That's why we call this Faithfully Engaged. Sure. So I, I want to break this into two kind of actionable pieces the first one let's focus on really what you just said and this will probably be you know the longer form you probably already went went through that but i want to go even closer into the listener hears this played right now and they can get off of this recording and then go do something they they can go get at least closer to getting either a a book published or a blog post anything in the writing world but they're just stuck in maybe uh self-doubt or am i really good enough to do this and they just can't quite go what what would be your Mm -hmm. advice for any type of writer to just get started what what would you say for them
1: I would say, well, first of all, just do it, <laughs> just write, um, just to get it going for your own sake. But also you need uh, other people. So one thing that has been helpful for me in this past year is uh, to join a writer group. And, and and my sometimes they're local. You can go in person. But the one that I'm a member of is an uh, online group, and it's called Hope Writers. And you can just find them at hopewriters.com, I think. But there's a lot of groups out there and you can find them on Facebook groups and all kinds of things where you're getting uh, advice and, and benefited experience of people who have done these things. So uh, with my particular group, they have a whole library of, of uh, guests that have been interviewed like this They give their wisdom uh, on a variety of writing topics from book publishing to what you do if you have writer's blog to uh, how to find inspiration for stories, all, all of those things for both fiction and nonfiction. I'm, I'm nonfiction writer uh, these days, but but there there's advice for for both types of writers. Um, but and and also I would say find a um, writer's conference. Once again, the one I mentioned earlier was an online writer's conference. And here in Oklahoma, you think it would be Something close by, but they we're really kind of not. But and this goes out to people all over the place. So there's a lot of conferences, especially there's one going on right now in North Carolina. I wish I could have been at the Blue Ridge Christian Writers Conference. Uh, but there's writers conferences everywhere. There's some, there's some in Chicago coming up soon. Um, there's another one or two in uh, California. They're all over the place. So, and some of them, if you can, if you can't go in person, go online. At least you're able to hear conference speakers. You can go into breakout rooms. They and sometimes in those breakout rooms, you actually get to talk with each other, like you know, online talk. And uh, so you're you're building relationship as well as building your knowledge about writing. And uh, some of those. Uh, pieces of advice they will give you is, you know, what to do at this point in your life was everybody's in a different place on the journey. They, or you feel like you're all alone and you're not, there's other people out there uh, struggling to find out what to do. And you can access those people in a lot, lots of ways, online groups, as well as, like I said, Facebook groups, there's people on Twitter and Instagram, wherever you want to go. Um, of, there's a lot of writers out there. There's a lot. And so just find your tribe, find your people and uh, dig in and uh, commit to it for the long haul so you can uh, see how this group works and how you can interact and how you can also help other people. Because you've got wisdom, too. And uh, it's not just one sided. It, it becomes a relationship in, in this past just in the last couple of months. um there's about three different people in my writing group. I thought that we kind of connected. It took me a while to find out who those people were. That's why I'm saying do it for the long haul. But I found out other writers that are similar in topic to to what I do, and also some of them similar in age, but some of them are younger. Um, and so we've kind of hit, we've kind of uh, built a bond and uh, helping each other. Encouragement is probably the biggest thing. Um, I like those words of encouragement, and so they—they they are good at doing that as well as they can be honest too. You can give them a piece of your work and say, "Tell me what you think," and sometimes they really will. <laughs> so I got you ready for that. Uh, but that—that that would be my two things that you can do immediately: find a group and find a conference and uh, get involved. Do those—do those two things.
0: I—I I, I find this is what's so interesting. What I really love about. Doing this podcasting, talking to people in different walks of life, but there seems to be some similarities in different things. Just because we're we're humans, and we we all kind of operate similarly, even if we have very different personalities. But that's a common thing. Is don't do it alone. Um, That we're just not. I think that's the way that God made us. We're not built to be completely isolated even as two introverted people um that enjoy alone time what we still recognize that you need to have other people so great wisdom there and then the, the second piece um and this is going to be um, more on just the strictly faith-based side of things people that maybe maybe have heard your story or or god's been uh tugging on them for a while that they want to be involved in missions in some way shape or form and i'll make this pretty broad that this might be somebody that is able to go and maybe they can go do a a mission trip this summer or something or maybe it's a some Grandma in their eighties that physically is not able to go and, and do something, but they want to be involved. So for anybody and everybody that wants to be involved in missions in some way, shape, or form, what's something that they could do after this, after hearing this, to just be more involved in the missions process?
1: Right. Oh, that's a big question. Um, so, of course, number number one is go through your church. You know, if you're involved in a local church and if you're not, go do that. <laughs> but and find out what they are doing um, in the world of mission because if it's a church who feels if it's a well rounded, God called church, they're going to be involved in mission at some level locally and globally. Um, so, so do that. Talk to your pastor, find a or find another staff member, find somebody that's in charge of mission and talk to them about what that is. I feel like. Everybody um, is called to to mission and it can find its its way in different forms. Everybody can pray. Everybody can give. Not everybody can go, but you can help support somebody who does. Um, So for that 80 year old grandma that I'm going to be soon (laughs) um, is uh, find specific ways to pray. Uh, I've written for a publication for Women's Missionary Union for years and and different different audiences of of that organization. But they there's other other denominations have other pieces of, of mission literature that you can read and learn how to pray specifically. If your church is involved in a partnership of some type, learn how to pray for those particular needs. Find out what they are. Don't just Say God bless the missionaries. Pray specifically about who they are, what their needs are, and if you don't know what the needs are, find out and uh, pray specifically. Uh, there's always a need to give, and and whenever you start talking about missions, it's like oh, there's another mission offering, and I promoted a lot of those through the years. But because you can't go and do things without the financial resources to do it, and if you just if you look at it in the terms of your your dollars are helping people. Uh, Get out of bad situations and hear the love of Christ and see the love of Christ in action through a person. uh, That's worth every bit of financial investment you can give. Um, But if you can go uh, and I've I've taken 70 plus year old people on trips before and. um, That was they felt called to go. And so I couldn't say that they weren't. And we provided opportunities for them to go. and to, to serve it, there's nothing like seeing with your own eyes uh, the depths of of poverty, or the depths of pain, the depths of of uh, just separation from God uh, through, throughout the world. And to see it with your own eyes makes a world of difference. So you can you can do that through actually through video and different things like that. But if you can get on a bus or a plane or or whatever, and go for yourself with a group from your church or your area, whatever um, group you decide to go with. Um, it'll change you whenever you smell it and walk in it and breathe it and sit in the homes. Um, I'm immediately thinking about sitting in the homes of women in uh, in Indonesia, I'm sitting on their mat and drinking their strong Sumatran coffee and, uh, hearing their stories and um, listening to them giggle and watching them cry. And it's just, you're physically there. And so you can feel it and and absorb it in all your senses. And as a writer, that makes a huge difference. You'll be able to share uh, through all your senses what it is that you've experienced. Um, And then you can come back home and help other people understand that better Mm -hmm. because you've experienced it better. Um, and so that's kind of the completion of the loop is you find where to go, you go and experience, but you come back and share, and then maybe mm-hmm. you go again and again and again, or help somebody else go and you know how to pray because it's, it's part of who you are. And, um, so all of that kind of works together. So, Yeah. yeah. So get your Uh, passport and go. That's what I tell people. (laughs) Get your passport, get it ready. You don't have to use a passport. You can go across the street and find uh, people. Um, That's another, I didn't leave that. I I was thinking internationally when I was speaking just now, but there's people in, in nursing homes, there's people in uh, hospitals. There's, I have stories in the book about, um, a therapy dog. Daisy was my therapy dog. And we went into hospitals and nursing homes. And and you, there's all kinds of people that are in need in those places. And so you can do that. You can be on your own mission uh, without going with a team somewhere. There is plenty of opportunity to do that. You just kind of have to be willing uh, to find out what those things are and go do it.
0: Yeah. And and that kind of, because that, that's kind of at the center of all of this is you, you're never going to have bright flashing lights saying this is exactly it. Like you, you no. do have to just, you just have to do it sometimes. And um yeah, I, I, we actually read a book recently on, on the giving side of things. And this is something that uh, I think is important for, for any Christian in, in any way, shape or form. But we read this book it was called the treasure principle by Randy Alcorn. And really was just talking about uh giving and and why that's important as, as a Christian. And it specifically talked about missions and how that is a wonderful way to care about missions is by just giving, whether it's $10 or $10,000, you are thinking about that. And and that can really instruct your prayer life of, Mm -hmm. man, I, my kid just gave $2. I want to pray that those $2 goes and, and helps the people that, whoever the missionary is, right. uh, serving. So yeah, you, you can be involved. And again, uh, whether it's international or not, you can go talk to your neighbor. <laughs> you, yeah. you can talk to somebody. So th- there, we can't use too many excuses that I can't go international. Um, one, you, 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 you might be able to, we don't want to use that, throw that off the, the, the boat too quick. And if you're not, you can still be involved in some way, shape or yeah. form.
1: Yep. Yeah. Randy Alcorn's a really good writer, by the way. I read, I haven't read that book, but I've read others from him. Uh, really insightful, uh, talented writer. Um, yes. But the, the giving part is, is just key um, for those people who do go and come back and they, people who give want to know what's happened with their money and working for nonprofits. I have known that's to be really true. They want the stories about what happens to people. So in, and. and in a team uh, volunteer team member when they go and they see all these these experiences and they see the people you want to make sure have opportunity to write it down before you leave the country for sure or leave your location uh, because you'll forget you will Mm -hmm. but uh, be able to share with people who've given those dollars so they can you can connect with them that this it takes everybody to make it happen. And no job is less important than the other. And the praying is just as key is key as well as the giving. You got to have that and you got to have people willing to to go. So all of it works together. But make sure you tell those stories about what's happening with those dollars, how it's helping the missionaries or how it's actually helping the people. Um, And you've seen it so you can tell the truth about what's going on. So be sure and make that part of your job assignment is to tell when you get back
0: absolutely well i think some fantastic stories fantastic wisdom um, of just your own experiences as as you mentioned earlier that we don't really know exactly when the book is going to be coming out and everything and just full transparency for those of you that are, are watching this when it goes up, I don't fully know when this episode will air, but won't, won't be too terribly long in the future. But for those of you that are listening to this and uh, they want to be plugged in, connected, hear about when the book will be announced and just be able to connect with you, how could they find you and, and stay in contact with you?
1: And I would love that if people would. Uh, the The main place would be at my website, com. Uh, I used my whole name because that's what my mama would call me. Um, but anyway, DNA dot com. And on those pages, I will update. I have a link. I have a page on there about uh, the book and it's just called that the book. And so you can go look and see what the updates are uh, on that. And um, I also would invite people to. Uh, while they're on the website, is to subscribe to my weekly um, um, newsletter. It's a Substack newsletter, and there's a there's a form on each page on my uh, website where you can just put your email in, and you'll get connected. You'll have an email every Wednesday. It's called a Good Word Wednesday, and so every week I'm able to connect with people who want to know what's going on. I have a a Good Word encouragement um, insight that God has given me uh, throughout the week that I get to share with people who want to read it. And always I will give an update about the book if there are some. So you can just please, uh, sign up. And so we can, uh, talk about, uh, a community. That's what I feel like my good word community is. It's a group of people who bond together over, um, what God is doing in our lives. And I love to hear back from people to get that feedback don't know what's going on. I'll ask a question of the week about that word. And I get some interesting information. I'd love to hear from people. So yeah, go to the website first and then sign up for my um, for my newsletter every week. And And if you'll do that, I'll send you a free um, it, uh, it's called um, what's it called? It's called seven ways to show people that they are significant. And so I've got seven very specific ways. It's like a little ebook that I will send you if, when you sign up. And uh, it's got these seven steps in it. And some of these stories that I've talked about today are already in there. Uh, But it's about how to connecting uh, with people. And everybody wants to know that they're significant. One of those ways, learning their name, like we've already talked about that. We talk, I talk about that in there as well. So I will send that to you uh, when you sign up and uh, we'll just get started getting to know each other.
0: Awesome. Well, I'll, I'll definitely be sure to include the the website link and everything down in the in the show notes. So be sure to check that out. And I say that for all my guests, but this one's my mom. So d- d- doubly be sure to to check her out there. So, mom is great. Great having you on, and uh, l- love getting to hear more about about your stories and uh, your your book writing and just everything. Getting to share that with my audience. So it was absolute pleasure having you on today.
1: Thank you for inviting me, son. I, I uh, you know that this is, you know, talking is not my writing's my strong suit. Not talking, so, but I appreciate this venue to be able to, to share with people and uh, to, uh, be able to talk with you more about it as well. So, thank you. I Appreciate what you do. This is good stuff.
0: All right. Well, as as I said before, go check out all of my mom's information down below. But thanks again for, for listening to another episode of Faithfully Engaged. And let's just continue fighting for truth. You guys take care.
1: Thank you.